weeks, we're going to be looking how, at how the different characters within the Christmas story responded to the light. And as we just watched this morning, we're looking at how Zachariah and Elizabeth responded to the light. And we think about um, Zachariah and Elizabeth, oftentimes they are left out of the Christmas story. But I want you to know right now that they play, they play a significant role within the Christmas story. Because with the birth of John the Baptist comes the promise that the Messiah also would be born. That's pretty significant, isn't it? Well, let's pray together this morning, and then we're going to dive into God's Word together. Father God, we come before you this morning just thanking you for the privilege it is just to be in the house of the Lord. Father, we thank you, Father, for the life of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Father, we thank you that they were righteous in your eyes. We thank you for their son, John the Baptist, who is the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, as we go to your word, Father, we pray that you will speak to each one of our hearts. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. This morning, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 5 through 25 together. So Luke chapter 1. Verses 5 through 25. Our message point is this. God fulfilled his promise with the birth of John the Baptist. God fulfilled his promise with the birth of John the Baptist. Notice our first point this morning is this. The silence of the Lord no more. The silence of the Lord no more. Begin reading with me in verse 5 of Luke chapter 1. It says, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were born righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. The birth of John the Baptist is a significant event in human history. With his birth came the promise that the Messiah also would come. Within the closing pages of the Old Testament in the book of Malachi, Malachi the prophet recorded these words, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children. And the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with the decree of utter destruction. This passage of scripture was given as a promise to the people of Israel. Before the Messiah would come, a forerunner would come that would prepare the way for the Lord Jesus Christ, for Emmanuel, for the Messiah. And that forerunner was John the Baptist. Then John the Baptist preached a message of repentance. He preached a message of revival in which he 
preached that men would be reconciled to their parents and to God the Father. We read in Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, these words. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. The word of Malachi was given to the people as a promise, a promise that would not be fulfilled for over 400 years. That is the, the time frame from the closing pages of the Old Testament until the recording pages found in the New Testament. Testament. Not only was there a gap of 400 years, but this, this 400 years was also a period of silence where God did not speak to man, nor were there prophets, nor were there um, angelic celestial um, encounters that man had like Zechariah is going to have on this day in the temple. The silence would come to an end when Zechariah would enter into the temple of the Lord to offer up prayers and incense. Zechariah was not just any man, nor was his wife just any ordinary woman. Scripture tells us that they were righteous. They were righteous. In the midst of God's silence, these two remained faithful to the Lord and to his commandments. Notice their righteousness. In verse 5 and 6, again, we read, In those days of Herod, in the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, the division of Abijah, and he and his wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. Zechariah and Elizabeth were not described as being righteous before their fellow man, were they? They were described as being righteous before God the Father. They were righteous when no one else was looking. When they were in their times of solitude, away from the crowds, they were found righteous. When our last breath is breathed on this side of eternity, that is what is going to matter. Not that we put on a good show before man. Not that we were found righteous in front of other people. Not that we were found righteous at church or when we enter into our holy gatherings or around those strong, faithful Christians that we seek to impress. That's not when our righteousness is going to really matter. It's going to matter when we take our final breath on this side of eternity and we are going to be found righteous and in right standing with God the Father. You know, most of us in this room are real good at being righteous in front of others, aren't we? But when we're in our homes and we're able to let down our hair and kick our feet up, when we're in the presence of our spouses and the presence of our kids, that's when it's difficult to be righteous, right? I know it is for me. But what we find here with the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth, that is not what was said of them. They were found to be righteous even in the moments of solitude in their own homes. Continue reading with me in verse 7, we read, But they had no child, 
because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Notice their barrenness. To have been barren was considered to be a sign of sin in one's life. It was a sign of disfavor in the eyes of God. In fact, we read um, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 14, it says, You shall be blessed above all peoples. There shall not be a male or a female barren among you or among your lifestyle. Now, before we go any further, I, I think it's very important that we understand that righteousness is not a, a free ride of, of unhindered obstructions in our lives, okay? Just because Zachariah and Elizabeth were righteous, that did not mean that their, their bodies were, were in, a, in a perfect state. It's not the case. Because of sin in this world, because sin had entered the world, they had broken bodies just like you and I have broken bodies as well. Some like to point out that if I live a righteous life, I will have no problems, nor will my kids have any problems. That is so far from the truth. Life happens to Christians just like life happens to unbelievers as well. Do not think that because you are the most righteous person, that means that you're going to be immune from all of the problems and troubles in this world. That is so far from the case. Some of the most righteous people that I know are some that go through some of the the greatest trials in this life. Jesus said in John 30, um, 16 verse 33, he said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus was not immune to troubles, nor should we think that we are going to be immune to troubles either. Zachariah Zachariah and Elizabeth had no children, and they were well beyond the years of bearing children as well. But continue reading with me in verse 13, we read, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zachariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Their prayer. Zechariah was a priest of the Lord. He was, he was a priest that was part of one of the different 24 divisions of priests in Israel. Each week, one time a year, one of these divisions would take a, have an opportunity to go to the temple and offer up prayers and incense. This would occur um, once a year. There were thousands upon thousands of priests all over the land of Israel. And so when your tribe had the opportunity to go and offer up these prayers and incense, that does not mean that you were going to be chosen to go into the temple and be the priest that's going to offer up the prayers and incense on that particular day. To have been chosen would have been a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And, and we're told that as a result of some lots that were cast, Zechariah was chosen. And he enters into the temple, and he has an angelic encounter. We read in verses 11 and 12, And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. I love that. I love that he was troubled. I think I would be a bit troubled myself. 
How about you? Can you imagine after 400 years of silence, no encounter with God, no angelic encounter whatsoever, and you enter into the temple, and all of a sudden there is an angel of the Lord standing there. I would be a bit troubled. I would be overcome with fear just as Zechariah was. I mean, it just blows my mind as I read through these passages of Scripture and think about the encounter that Zechariah had had. After 400 years of silence, for the first time in over 400 years, this man was chosen by God to have an encounter with the God of the universe inside of that temple on that day. So Zechariah is troubled and fearful. And the angel comforts him by saying, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. The angel says, Your prayer has been heard. What was it that that Zechariah had been praying Was he still holding out hope that in his old age and in the old age of his wife that there was still a possibility that they could have a child? Or could it be that he was praying for the nation of Israel? Could he have been praying for the Messiah to come? Could he have been praying that the Lord would once and for all come and banish away all of the utter darkness that that that? Isaiah declared in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 22, and going into Isaiah chapter 9. You know, we don't know exactly what he was praying. On this particular day, I do not think that, that Isaiah was probably, I mean, that, that Zechariah was probably offering up um, prayers that he and his wife would have a child. I believe that he was praying for the nation of Israel. Now, I don't know that for certain, but we see here that he was a righteous man that he was in right standing with God. He he knew the darkness that had fallen upon the land of Israel. And I believe he was praying for that darkness to go away. I believe that he was praying for the Messiah to come. And I believe that he was praying. And maybe even there was that glimmer of hope that he and his wife Elizabeth would bear a son, and that son would be the forerunner of the Messiah. I want you to know this morning, that God still answers prayers. God still answers prayers. He may not answer those in our timing, but he does answer prayer. We know that Zachariah and Elizabeth have been praying for a long time to have a son. We don't know how long that time had been. It could have been 20 years, 30 years. It could have been upwards of 40 years that they had been praying for a son. Some of you in this room have been praying a prayer for a very long time. You may be in this room and you're 15 years of age. And you've been praying for the last two years that God would do some, um, answer a, a specific prayer that you were praying. I want you to know if you're praying that prayer and, 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 and it's being prayed in accordance with the will of God, don't give up praying. Be persistent because there is coming a day when I pray with all of my heart as I know you are praying that God will answer that prayer. You may be in this room, you may be 80 years of age, and you've been praying a prayer for years. You may be pray, have been praying this prayer for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. 
Don't give up praying. Be persistent. God honors persistence. God honors righteousness. And God honors faithfulness. We read in Isaiah 30, 19, For a people shall dwell in Zion, in Jerusalem you shall weep no more. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. As soon as he hears it, he answers you. God hears our prayers. He hears the prayers of his faithful saints. Proverbs fifteen twenty nine. We read, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. The Lord heard the prayers of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And notice our next point here. The promise of the Lord, the angelic announcement. In verses 13 through 17, we read this. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the heart hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. John the Baptist was no ordinary child. This child would be the fulfillment of a 400-year prophecy that would then be the fulfillment of a promise that was given by the Lord in the Garden of Eden. The angel said of this child that he would bring joy to the people. Hundreds, if not thousands of people, responded to the message of John the Baptist. They repented of their sins. They turned from their wicked ways, and they got right with God the Father. Many people rejoiced because of the message that John the Baptist preached. They were reconciled to God the Father. Many people rejoiced, but not all the people rejoiced. John had enemies, didn't he? And as we walk through our Matthew study just a matter of weeks ago, we read of one of those enemies being the son of the King Herod that we have read about today in verse 5. His son honored the wish of his stepdaughter to have John the Baptist's head delivered on a platter. Morbid is what that is. Messed up is what that is. John the Baptist, many people did rejoice and were reconciled and got right with God, but not all people rejoiced. And we know that because of the kind of death that he died. But he was faithful to the end, as you and I should be faithful to the end. Notice also the angel declares that John would be great in the sight of the Lord. John would be great in the sight of the Lord. You remember what Jesus said of those born of a woman? None was as great as John the Baptist. John was clearly no ordinary man. He was the forerunner of the Lord. He is the one that set the scene for the arrival of the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, there is coming a day when the Lord Jesus Christ is going to return to this earth. And I want you to know right now, if you're a believer this morning, guess what? You and I are forerunners of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. John was the first forerunner. 
You and I are forerunners also in the sense that Jesus Christ is going to return. And guess what Jesus Christ has told each one of us to do? He's called us to go and make disciples and preach the good news of salvation. He's called us to go out amongst every people group on the face of this earth and preach the good news of salvation. You and I are bearers of the light of Jesus Christ. We are forerunners of his return, and it is our responsibility as believers to help prepare the way for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice also here that John was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Spirit even from his birth. That's significant because never in human history has there been a child born from the moment of their inception until the moment of their death, the Holy Spirit was present. John the Baptist is the only person that that can be said of. That's pretty significant. That tells you the kind of man that John the Baptist was even before he breathed his first breath in this world. He was a image bearer of the king, and he was a forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I, at the moment of our salvation, were gifted with the Holy Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit dwells in us, we are also image bearers of the King and we are forerunners of his return. Notice our final point this morning is this. The punishment of the Lord, Zechariah, would be silenced. Beginning in verse 18, we read, And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I was, to, I was sent to speak to you and to bring you the good news. And behold, you will be silent, unable to speak until the day that these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah. And they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. And, the, and, the day, and, and the, after these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. And for five months, she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. So the angel has disclosed that Zechariah and Elizabeth would have a child. This would be no ordinary child, but would be a forerunner of the Lord. Upon hearing that, what does Zechariah do? He doubted, didn't he? As I am sure that um, I would have done. Now, probably most of you in here are much more um, righteous and have greater faith than, than I do, and you would have immediately, um, upon hearing those words, you would have said, I believe. And so you would have been able to go out of that temple and proclaim all of the, all the things that you had, had seen inside of the temple. But unfortunately, Zechariah doubted. Sound familiar? I mean, reaching back into... Um, history's past. You remember Abraham and Sarah? 
What did Sarah do when she was 90 years old and she found out that she was about to have a child? She laughed, didn't she? You know, I probably would have laughed a little bit. I probably would have cried a little bit. And I might, I might have even run out of that, out of that temple and, and, and avoided going home. Zechariah questioned the angel. And in verse 19, we see who this angel is. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. Gabriel was no ordinary angel. Gabriel is one of three angels that is mentioned in the Old Testament. And by announcing his name to Zechariah, he's given credibility as to who he is. And Gabriel does not just stop with his name, but he also makes clear his position. He stands in the presence of God the Father. This was not the angels like one of the angels of the Christmas movies that we watch this time of year. The angel Gabriel was not like Clarence the angel from It's a Wonderful Life. Now, Clarence the angel is a little goofy, a little uncoordinated, definitely unholy. And he's waiting for that bell to ring so that he can receive his wings. Not Gabriel. Gabriel declared that he stands in the very presence of God the Father. And you can be certain of one thing. Inside that temple that day, the angel Gabriel reflected the glory of God. And Zechariah experienced God's glory inside of that temple for the first time in over 400 years. Notice that Gabriel was sent with a purpose. He was sent to tell him, Zechariah, the good news that he and his wife Elizabeth would bear a son and the name of his son would be John. The name John means Yahweh has been gracious. And by the way, Zechariah means the Lord remembers. And Elizabeth means my God is an absolute faithful one. Within Jewish history, names were significant because each one of them carried a a significant spiritual connotation. All three of the names that we see in our story this morning clearly attest to God's faithfulness and God's purpose within this particular family. And I want you to know this morning that just like God had a purpose for this family, He has a purpose for each and every one of our families in this room this morning. Every one of us have a purpose. Every family unit has been set apart by God the Father to bring honor and glory to his name. Now this week, Danny and I were having a conversation about the college that Connor would like to attend. Since Connor was probably two or three years of age, he has always wanted to go to one particular college. And probably since he was two or three years of age, I have told him, I do not want you to go to this particular school. And I mean, we've had some arguments about this particular school because I don't want him to go there. But as our wives often are able to do, they have a way of putting us in our place, don't they? Um, after one of these discussions, um, my wife and I were alone. 
And she turned to me and she said, what if the school that Connor wants to go to is the school that God wants him to go to? Oh, exactly. <laughs> little humble pie is what I ate on that day. You know, I don't know what God has in store for, 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 for Connor and Caitlin, where they're going to end up at school. But as long as God is in it, that's all that matters, right? Now, God has a purpose for my family. God has a purpose for the life of Connor and Caitlin and Danny. And God has a purpose for each and every one of you in this room and your family as well. Just like he had a purpose for Zachariah and Elizabeth and John the Baptist, he has a purpose for us. God has a plan and a purpose for each of us and our families. Let us submit to his plan. Earlier in this message, we read of the righteousness of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah and Elizabeth were absolutely righteous. They were found in right standing with God the Father. But understand this, they were not sinless. Okay, You and I may be found to be righteous and in right standing with God, but that doesn't mean that we are perfect and sinless. And Zechariah, and El- Zechariah for sure had some faults, and we know that because he doubted. So here we see that Zechariah is silenced. Why? Already looked at this, but because he doubted. He doubted the very words as given from the messenger of God to him. But notice this. A miracle occurred that day. Zechariah was indeed silenced. But a promise was also given that day that that silence would be removed the moment John was born. Now, when Zechariah left the house of the Lord that day, he could not speak. Scripture tells us that the people were wondering why he spent so much time in the temple. They wondered at his delay. When he comes out of the temple, the people recognize immediately that he had seen a vision. They recognize immediately that he had been in the very presence of the angel Gabriel or in the very presence of a messenger of God because he surely radiated and reflected that glory. They knew that he had been in the very presence of God. That was the first time that had happened in over 400 years. That right there should have told the people that God was about to do something spectacular. And that's exactly what God the Father did. He did something spectacular. A miracle occurred that day when, when, when John was born. But just a matter of months later, Mary, too, would be found to be with child. And Jesus would come into this earth. He would be born of a virgin. He would live a perfect life. He would come up upon John the Baptist. And he would be baptized. And that would begin the official time of his earthly ministry for three some years he went to the corners of his known world and he preached the good news of salvation reconciling man to god the father he was falsely accused he was arrested he was beaten he would go to a cross he would die on that cross For our sins, three days later, he was victorious over death. Because of that victory, each and every one of us in this room are able to declare that he is indeed Lord. Jesus is Lord. 
And in Philippians 2, we are told that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. My prayer for all of us in this room that is that it will happen on this side of eternity. But if it doesn't happen on this side of eternity, we're promised it will also happen on the other side of eternity. But unfortunately, on the other side of eternity, it will be too late. If you do not know Jesus Christ this morning, I want to invite you to make the greatest decision that you could ever make. And that is to repent of your sins and to cry out to Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and follow after him. If you don't know him this morning, you come, you come. If you've been visiting this church for a while and the Lord is leading you to make this your church home, we would love for you to make Friendship Baptist Church your church home. Faith family, men, women, believers in this room, don't forget that we are all forerunners of the Lord's return. Every single one of us are image bearers of the King. We have the light of Christ in us. We see how, the, how Zachariah and Elizabeth responded to the light. How are you going to respond to the light? How are you going to take the message that we looked at this morning and leave from here? I hope you leave as I hope I leave, understanding that we are forerunners of the Lord's return. Let's stand together. If there's a decision you need to make this morning, then I'm going to invite you to come. Our praise team is going to be here. They're going to um, play a song over us and sing. And as they sing, if there's a decision you need to make, you come. You come. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you so much for this morning. Father, thank you for the privilege it is, Father, for me to be a part of this faith family. To be able to stand up in front of every man, woman, student, and child and open up your word and to preach from it. Father, I thank you for our story this morning. I thank you for the characters that we have read and studied. Zachariah and Elizabeth, they were righteous before you. Father, I pray that when each one of us take our final breaths on this side of eternity, that someone will be able to say of us that we too were righteous in your eyes, in your sight. Oh, Father, if there's someone here this morning that does not have a relationship with you, they have never repented of their sins and cried out to you to be the Lord and Savior of their lives, I pray this morning that they will make the greatest decision that they could ever make. Father, if there is some here this morning that's been visiting this church for a while and you're leading them to become members, Father, I pray that this will be the day that they do that. Father, just move now during our time of invitation. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.